日本史学習に最高にもってこいのサイトサムライアーカイブスポッドキャストへようこそ美しい自然にあふれてる縄文時代から波乱万丈な幕末まで全時代を網羅して日本史の隅から隅まで一緒に語り合いましょうでは早速日本史の世界へ Japan ignored the trend and rejected relations with foreign countries. The Tokugawa government was governing Japan. It was a samurai society that suppresses citizens with a strict caste system and ranked warriors at the top, followed by farmers, artisans, and merchants. The rank was determined from birth and never changed. One day, a shocking incident took place. That broke down this strong caste system that lasted for 270 years. In 1853, Commodore Perry came to Japan with his four black ships and requested to open the country. The citizens and even the government were bewildered at the sight of the black ships. Dissatisfied with the weak government, many young people from all around Japan started to rise up. The fleet of four black ships. Woke Japan from its sleep. Chaos erupted as the public opinion divided in two. That was Maiko Tsuji from Tosa High School talking about Sakamoto Ryoma, the subject of the 2010 Taiga drama, Ryoma Den. And this is Chris here with Travis、yeah. coming to you again from the Samurai Archives studio in Honolulu, Hawaii. And don't mind the construction going on outside. And、uh, coming to you live via podcast. Today we're going to talk about a symposium that we went to on October 11th, 2011. It was called Why Ryoma Now? The Descendants of Ryoma, Kaishu, Manjiro, and Three Youngsters Tell Their Story. So I kind of went, went to this、uh, symposium not really knowing what to expect.、Uh, I was expecting, I guess, some, some history about Ryoma, I suppose. Yeah, that's the main thing I was looking for. Yeah, I, I was kind of figuring it was.、Uh, You know, why he was so popular, kind of looking at popular culture and this and that. Turns out it really wasn't that at all. <laughs> at all. So I, I guess basically it was kind of more an、uh, ambassadorial purpose yeah, than a historical a, purpose. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I've been trying to think of the word, and I can't seem to come up with the right word for what it was, but I don't know. I feel like basically. The content was kind of, it was kind of non substantial or, or non substantive. <laughs> It was more of a cultural event than a, a historical survey of Sakamoto Ryoma. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't know. It was,、uh, although, you know, like I said, it was kind of interesting. I guess basically what they were doing was, I guess because of the tsunami and the earthquake and the political upheaval, with the air quotes,、right. um, they, they were sort of feeling like now is the time to.、Uh, fulfill Ryoma's dream of going to America with his descendants and. Right.、Uh, sort of doing a, a little cultural sharing. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> so basically, we had,、uh, there were a few interesting, well, I don't know if they were interesting, but there were a few people there. We have,、uh, well, opening、uh, comments were done by the Consul General, Kamo、oh. Yoshihiko. Right. And also, the,、uh, I guess, the, the head of the Bioma Cultural Museum in Kochi. Right. Which I don't know if I wrote his name down. I don't think well, I the, did. The director of the, the Roma Memorial Museum is Mori Kenshiro. 
That was the guy. Right. There was some. There was a woman who spoke before, who was not on the program. Uh, yeah, she was part of the uh, J- Japan America Society oh, so of Hawaii. Was. Yeah. Oh, never mind. They do organize a lot of events, the uh, Japan America Society of Hawaii. So. Yeah, I, th- I think they were. Uh, they were sort something of something like that. Yeah, I think they were sort of setting this up with, uh, with the uh, Japan group. Mm. And so we have uh, also had a uh, TV, the, the Kochi News right. uh, anchorman, I guess, who or interviewed you. Who I, yes, <laughs> I, I did get interviewed by the end of the night. Yeah. Yeah, what, what exactly was he talking about? What, what, was, what were the interview questions? So during the um, intermission, I went up to, uh, I figured, you know, why not? I saw other people asking for signatures and stuff. Autographs. Yeah. Autographs, right. <laughs> So I went up to Sakamoto, Sakamoto Noboru, the descendant of Sakamoto Ryoma. Or his, his older brother, I guess. Descendant of his brother, yeah. yeah. And um, and asked for an autograph. And the fellow, the fellow from the news, you know, got it all on tape, and then asked, and then interviewed me and asked me just like really kind of basic questions like. Like, how did you hear about Sakamoto Ryoma or something like that? Well, he asked me like, now you've gotten this signature, like, how do you feel? <laughs> you know, and he asked me um, what I learned, or like, yeah, like, 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 like what I got out of what I got out of the event. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and yeah, it was not not too much. I mean, of course, in retrospect, I wish I had been a little more eloquent. Oh well. I uh, you know I get very nervous when you I get nervous in Japanese, and I get nervous with cameras in my face. So yeah, yeah, but that's understandable. In any case, uh, yeah, it was basically just stuff like that. And, but you yeah. got out with a, an autograph of a the ninth, the head of the, the the head of the Sakamoto family. Yes, which I will be sending to my friend in Tokyo, who's a much bigger Ryoma fan than myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he will appreciate it. <laughs> well, uh, basically, I guess the, the program kind of went. Uh, they they did some introductory speeches uh, talking about. Uh, Kochi Prefecture, how it's really poor, and lots of yeah, drunk driving, and, no and wife beating, and all this crazy stuff. I had no idea it was like that. Yeah, and uh, these two high school girls from, or actually three high school girls from Kochi Prefecture were talking about uh, trying to make things better for the people there, br- right. bring in economic uh, growth and that kind of thing. It was sort of interesting. Yeah, two, two of the girls had been selected to to take part in, in, in what was it like? Some kind of a ship, I thought. Yeah. I, some kind of sailing ship. I, yeah. I, I didn't write it down. Anyway, they, they they were selected to participate in some kind of event re, um, on board a reenactment. Of, uh, not a reenactment. Probably. Yeah. A reconstruction of a Bakamatsu era ship. Yeah. Which I did not catch the name of. But anyway, so that's sort of their connection a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and they uh, looked super cute in their wafuku. <laughs> and. Yeah, after the introductions, they sat down with the panelists. There was Noboru Sakamoto, who is the ninth generation descendant of Sakamoto Ryoma's brother, and I guess the current head of the Sakamoto family. Uh, there was also Koyama Minako, who is a fifth generation direct descendant of Katsukaishu. And the program said the descendant of Manjiro, but all they had was a Manjiro, a John Manjiro researcher, which was odd, I guess. Yeah, I but. think they said something about that the uh, the other guy couldn't make couldn't, it yeah. the last minute or something. Yeah, and in fact, isn't even included in the program except where it just says. Uh, so not quite so last minute. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So they basically talked to, and they 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 basically answered real softball questions like, "What would Dioma think of you guys coming to America?" Yeah, and yeah. So, although you know, one uh, one guy in the audience 
when they were asking questions, decided to ask uh, who they thought or who has been established as actually assassinating Duma, and they were kind of, they come kind of stumbled on that. They really had no answer. Yeah, I mean, I think if you and actually yeah, that was the question. I was thinking if I was going to ask a qu ask a question, right. that would be the one I would ask. But I don't think this is the place for that question. I think, kind of, and then he stood up and asked the same question. He asked the question. So yeah, I think it absolutely is the place for that question. Really? No. If okay. if the presentations prior to that had been more on target with what I was looking for, at yeah, this, yeah, out of this event. But I think also just to kind of the way that he phrased it, like, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely the kind of place to say, like, who do you think might have killed him? In very in purely like hypothetical, like let's discuss it kind of ways. Yeah. Nobody there was gonna like you know, have any, like, real inside knowledge of historical research or anything. Yeah, or any substantive uh, answers. But nevertheless, it being the Japanese equivalent of who shot JFK... That's true. Y you'd think that just for just for the fun of it, <laughs> or just yeah. for whatever you want to call it, people yeah. would have thrown out some ideas, or at the very least could have, you know, after his question said, oh, for those in the audience who don't know what we're talking about, there are theories that, you know, nobody knows who killed Ryoma, nobody who knows who ordered the hit, as right, it were. Right. Um, and there are theories out there that say that it might have been the Imperial side, it might have been the, Bak uh, the Bakufu, mm -hmm. might have been the Freemasons, might have been the Jews. Um, Those Jews. I have seen, I have seen it <laughs> argued, I have seen it argued. So, could have been um, Victoria, mm. Queen Victoria might have, argued, might, might have ordered it somehow, so, I don't know. But, at the very least, to mention that and say that much would have been, you know, I think kind of looking at him as if he has three heads, like this is a Ryoma event. That's that's a perfect that question, question to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're wondering who Sakamoto Ryoma is, that's what Google's for. But uh, <laughs> I, I I would say since I, I'm uh, it's been a long time since I've really read up on on late 19th century Japanese history. Uh, Dioma himself was a, a mover and shaker of the Bakumatsu era. He was the broker of the Satsuma Choshu Alliance, and uh, he was a big he was a big figure who was assassinated at age 33, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he died before the Meiji Restoration, so he's not actually that major a figure in the actual Meiji Restoration itself. Right. Um, but just sort of an agitator. He's sort of an idealized figure, probably because he was killed, kind of like if Elvis had been killed in like 19. 58 instead of, you know, dying old and fat in the 70s. We would idealize the uh, original, the old Elvis. And, and who he might have become. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Kind of like James Dean. And, uh, yeah, when I, went, when I went to Kyoto, I did go to his gravesite. He's buried, uh, he's, he's on a mountain overlooking Kyoto. It was an interesting place, a nice right, place. Right near Kiyomizudara, right? Yeah, you can, in fact, I... I, I don't know why. I, I was in Kyoto for 10 weeks, and I did not go there. I was uh, I was only there for ten days, and well, probably because I was there for ten days, I made the point to you made your point, yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. you I know, I couldn't find the uh, Teradea, which, oh, yeah? uh, which is where he was attacked, not where he was killed. It's not where he was, was attacked. Killed. I found I found both sites, but um, I don't know why. I'm not really that big of a Ryoma fan that I was looking for these things. But no, yeah, I, I just I took my bike down to Fushimi and hmm. asked at a really small like. Um, oh, see, that's probably why I never went down that far. <laughs> oh yeah, it's in Fushimi. Hmm, okay. Um, yeah, no, I went down there. It was kind of funny because, um, I mean, once you get to Fushimi, and I guess me and a lot of parts of Kyoto, but particularly down there, there was more or less nobody on the streets. It was very kind of quiet, and 
So I figured like it's got to be around here, you know. So and I, everyone I, would have to know. So if you ask in, pretty much everyone, everyone would have to know. But like, I also just kind of assumed that like it must be like right around the corner somewhere, like mm. kind of hidden away. Mm -hmm. So I asked at this really small like wicker store, and she and she of course you know I kind of laughed and was like, and she told me where it was, and I go around the corner and around and around, and I finally find it, and it's like covered in people. Oh, it's, like yeah. the one spot in all of Fushimi, and you know, there's. There's a cop standing there, like telling people to get out of the road every time that a car comes <laughs> by, and then letting them get oh, back okay. into the road so they can all take pictures of the building. So, but it's been pretty much been established that this is just a reconstruction, though, right? Yeah, they that, won't admit. I mean, there's no yeah, they're, they're, there's no direct indications in their exhibits or pamphlets or anything. But yeah, they they really tried to sell it as the uh, the real thing. But I think. I think we've we've discussed extensively on the forum that it's just a reconstruction. Yeah, although I think it's only only recently that it's finally come to light or been admitted that it's a fake. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, but he's he's just he's an extremely idealized, romanticized. Yeah, and it should be noted that uh, the people who love Dioma love Dioma. <laughs> yeah. So there's been I think there's been a couple of books in English on him. One of them written by Romulus Hillsborough, who is a I idolater of Sakamoto Dioma, from what I hear. I haven't actually read the book. I, I probably should. Uh, there's other books. Uh, I think did Beasley write a book about the uh, restoration, which I'm assuming. Yes. Okay, and Wait, I assume it's Beasley. <clears throat> yeah, I, I would get names mixed up. I feel like it's Beasley, and uh, yeah, there, I'm sure there's other books uh, written about him and or about the Meiji Restoration, the Bakumatsu era. It was a very uh, interesting and and turmoil-filled era of Japanese history that is sort of a secondary interest to me, but I haven't really looked into it uh, a great deal. Well, uh, otherwise on the panel, otherwise. Yeah, basically the panel was just talking about uh, how they're sort of on a mission of uh, friendship and, and sharing. Uh, I, I guess they're trying to promote Kochi Prefecture and trying to promote sort of friendship between the two countries, especially now after the tsunami. Yeah. And uh, in fact, the, uh, the reporter from Kochi TV did his presentation on the actual tsunami. I guess he was there yeah. shortly after it happened. And, uh, had three a lot of, three uh, days after. Yeah, three days after. I had a lot of uh, pretty crazy pictures of cars and on third-store buildings and stuff like that. Third, third-story buildings. Yeah, no, it was it was very moving. You had a lot of video of the actual tsunami. Yeah, houses being swept away. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And while he when he was narrating the uh, videos, it, it sounded like a like a, a newsman voiceover on a clip. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> he was very professional. Yeah, I mean, I think it was mainly about using Rioma as, I want to say inspiration, but that's not quite the right word, but just kind of, they, they, you know, they're discussing contemporary issues, discussing the U.S.-Japan relationship and trying to become, and not, not necessarily politically, but so much as like just kind of international friendship and everybody should be friends and yeah. the importance of friends and using Rioma as kind of a... A catalyst for... A catalyst, yeah, I guess. Or, uh, and. and and an excuse to have uh, just you kind of using him as a theme to have this event. Yeah, actually, that's because without right yeah, because without him, it would have just been like let's have some U.S. Japan friendship. Event well, you know, this is no almost real exactly kind of connection. Yeah, the, the concept. Focus. The concept is almost exactly like uh, the tea symposium that uh, Joseph and I went to a couple oh, years ago. So? Because basically, yeah, it was uh, let's all be friends over tea. And tea was the theme of the symposium, but the most, the majority of the talking was about uh, better relations between Japan, Korea, China, and the U.S. Yeah. You know, rather than there was there was more history in that though than there was in this, but it was a similar concept. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, I don't I don't know that much about Ryoma either. It, 
historically or sort of in terms of legend, right? Right. But either way, I feel like their presentation of him in, in this was just so romanticized and idealized. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was just sort of a, a theme to promote what they're trying to do rather than... I, although, you know, of course, they did have the descendant of the Sakamoto family and Katsukaishu's, I don't know, great, great granddaughter or something like yeah. that. But I mean, and it was awesome, like, in terms of what sort of celebrity power, for lack of a better word, it was very cool to have them there as well as the, the guitarists, what were they called? Uh, Ichimujin? Yeah, which, uh, yeah, the, the two guitarists were uh, Yasuhito Udaka and Shunsuke Yamashita, and their uh, name is Ichimujin, which I guess in the uh, Shikoku or Tosa dialect, or, or I guess Kochi dialect, is uh, Isho Kenmei, which means to go fight as hard as you can, or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, and they did one of the theme songs for, the, for some of the episodes of Ryomaden. Something like that. Yeah, I think I think they did uh, like some of the outro music or something like that, uh, which they played. Uh, they were they were uh, they classically were guitar. I actually really liked it. Oh yeah, it was uh, an amazing guitar work. And uh, and then oddly enough, after that they had a a, synth- a guy playing the synthesizer, which after <laughs> after the uh, two like guys, uh, you know, the two amazing guitarists to have some guy out on a synthesizer was just yeah, it, it didn't really match up, and it was really I, I it felt kind of goofy actually. But in any case, I just thought, you know, they're using Ryoma as a symbol or as a focus or whatever, and they're talking about how much he, he loved America and he wanted to visit America and how he was a pacifist and he hated war. And I don't know that much about him historically, particularly his political motivations, exactly what his motivations were, but I just find it all very hard to believe that somebody who's so famous for sword fighting and gun fighting at the same time was a pacifist and hated war and would have loved to see the end of nuclear power. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which obviously didn't exist when he was right. alive. But. Um, and well, I don't know. I mean, I guess one could argue that in all these cases of him killing people, he was defending himself. Yeah, I mean, definitely he was defending himself. I can certainly appreciate that you know, swordsmanship, like kendo or kenjutsu or whatever, is more about discipline and philosophy and not necessarily about... Uh, not strictly about you know being um, um, a warrior, a fighter. And yeah, there's different. Certainly, you know, maybe he he wanted to bring peace to Japan by helping to end the shogunate or something. Certainly, you know, one could argue these things. But nevertheless, um, they made constant references to sort of the young people, these two young women, sort of being like the the Ryoma of the new generation or something, and that they were going to embody his spirit or something. And it just seemed really tacky. Yeah, I was, I was, I again, I'm, I'm struggling to find exactly right what the right word is, but it just seemed like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, I don't know, very Japanese. It was very Japanese. I, I'm sure that other people's, other cultures do do these things as well, certainly. But the way that Japan represent the way that J- the way that Japanese sometimes go on and on with like no real substance but just sort of very feel good ideas <laughs> about how we, we ought to all be better friends and the importance of friends. Ryoma had a lot of friends to support him. Oh, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it just it's so just empty. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I was trying to figure out what they were trying to accomplish, and I, I, I don't think I really effectively figured out exactly what they were trying to do. I guess uh, you know they, they they were just answering a lot of questions like, uh, oh, uh, if if Sakamoto or Dioma knew what you were doing now, how would he feel? Oh, yeah. he'd be happy. And I mean, don't get me wrong. If certainly, if if this in any way, you know, helps people know more about Tosa, I mean, that's to say Kochi Prefecture, helps people, you know, be more inspired to visit Shikoku, you know, helps people to be reminded once again that the work of rebuilding in Tohoku is not over, then those are all, you know, those all be good uh, outcomes. It's commendable. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, but in terms of being a Ryoma event that Mm. would attract people who are interested in Bakumatsu period history, right? And then you y- haven't provided anything. I'm very curious what the other members of the audience. I think maybe eighty or ninety percent of the people there were older Japanese Americans. Yeah, I think they're probably really second, first, second, third generation Japanese American. I'm really curious what they were looking for, what they were expecting, and what what they thought of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sell it short. I mean, it, for what it was, it was I fine. Do. But I, well, I mean, I, I just, I just didn't know what to expect going in, and it didn't, I, uh, yeah, it, it didn't match my expectations. But I, I, I do say, I do stand by my belief that it was interesting. I, I thought it was interesting. I'm glad that I went. Yeah, um, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, it's definitely if they have certain outcomes, then that could certainly be great. But it just reminds me of. And if we're going too far, you know, on this, you can just cut it out all out. But it just kind of reminds me of a lot of scholarships and programs that I've, app- that I've applied to in the past, mm. where one of the key focus questions of it is like, if we spend money to send you to Japan, how is this in the end going to like help bolster U.S.-Japan relations? Right. And I'm like, I'm not in this to bolster U.S.-Japan relations. I'm in this to learn more about a particular aspect of 17th century history that hopefully other people will find interesting. Yeah. That's what scholars do, is that they just go out and find things that are interesting. And maybe if I find something that helps, you know, revolutionize our understanding of history more broadly, you know, whatever. But I'm not not a diplomat. I'm not a contemporary issues guy. Um, I'm not a sort of... You're no Sakamoto Dioma, sir. And I don't think I don't think Sakamoto Ryoma is a Sakamoto. I, I don't think that he was ever in it to like develop friendly relations between. I mean, maybe he was. I don't know that much about his writings or anything, but it just seems very bizarre to me. You know. <laughs> you know what seemed bizarre to me? The high school girl who was named Gibo Ninju. <laughs> and she loves it. I, Did you notice? Yeah, I. My name I, is Ninju, and I love it. Her, yeah, Gibo Ninju. That seemed to me like something that you'd order off a sushi menu or something. I feel like Gibo... You're like, I'll, you know, I'll take, uh, I'll take the uh, kapamaki with a side of Gibo Ninju. I feel like Gibo is an Okinawan name. I might be off. Do, I, you, do I, any sense? I don't know. I, I asked my wife, and she's like, yeah, I've heard of that. So, okay. <laughs> Have you heard of Ninju? She's like, no. <laughs> um, anyway. It I, was... Uh, I've lost track of what I was trying to... Uh, yeah, it... it uh, ninju means natural tree. Yeah. And uh, the kanji is uh, the nen from ten nen, and right. the the Jew is uh, it's a tree. an older Bodaiju, like or Jew. yeah, different version of ki. Yeah, more complex, but uh, anyway. Otherwise, uh, there was also some Japanese cal- calligraphers there. There was uh, Takeuchi Tosao, who was a judo sensei and calligrapher, and also Fujita Koshi, who was a calligrapher, and uh, so they basically 
did like I don't know even what you call it like speed calligraphy while uh, the music was playing so mm -hmm. it, was, it was a little surreal and uh, I made sure at the end they they decided to give away all the calligraphy so I made sure to get my hands on the Ryomaga Yuku uh, calligraphy that I yeah. wanted so, so I, I was able to snag it. <laughs> so sad that I left early I didn't realize they were going to be giving away the calligraphy. Yeah I had to fight, fight my way through a bunch of like 60 year old ladies to uh, get my hands on it but uh, mm -hmm. While they were doing it on the big screen, I saw the Ryomaga Yuku, and of course, that's my favorite uh, Jidai Geki starring, I think his name is Kamikawa Takuya as Ryoma, and that was called Ryomaga Yuku, so I had to get my hands on it, and I did. Awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. And who else was there? We had the, I guess the coordinator was the chief curator of the Sakamoto Ryoma Memorial Museum presumably in Kochi Prefecture. It is in Kochi City. It is uh, actually a prefectural museum, which I think is kind of awesome, actually. The prefecture spends money and, and whatever support the Sakamoto Ryoma Museum. What's the cash cow? It's all they got. <laughs> Didn't you listen to anything they were saying? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You know, you had poor uh, Oishi Sumire talking about how she comes from a, a poor mountain village uh, suffering from depopulation and... Which uh, a lot of villages throughout Japan are, and it's right. a very serious problem. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Kochi also has one of one of the more famous castles in Shikoku. Yeah, Kochi Castle. Yeah, I mean, which I think is original. I think it's not a reconstruction. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. There are more original castles on Shikoku than in the rest of Japan. Hmm. Well, that would be a good, pl a good place to check would be uh, Japanese Castle Explorer. I'm yes, sure it would be. One, one should go over there and check it out. <laughs> check it out. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of information on uh, Kochi Castle and all the other castles there. It's true. I have never been to Shikoku. I have seen Shikoku from Kyushu, but I have never actually been to Shikoku. Um, no, I also have not been to Shikoku. Um, I was hoping to go to uh, a. I was hoping to go to a conference in Osaka this past summer, and if I went, I would have tried to find time to visit Shikoku. But anyway, it didn't happen. But it's high on my list. Yeah, it's it's on my list too. We'll see what happens. I, I remember there were three major earthquakes in uh, in Japan in 1854, 55, and 56. Well, that's right. They did mention that, that. was interesting. And they were sort of giving that with a parallel of the recent Tohoku earthquake. Yeah, I learned the word dakpan. Oh yeah, to flee the uh, flee one's uh, han. Yep. I think I, uh, I think I learned that when I first saw Mibugishiden. The uh, when the last sword is drawn, I believe that uh, term great, was used. Great movie. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Nakaikichi. Yeah, I don't have anything else written down. I mean, I would be kind of. It, it was kind of neat to. No, it was definitely neat to meet and sort of see these descendants of you know famous families. And I don't know if it's just uh, random happenstance, but. You know, they kind of looked like their forebearers. You think so? Yeah, I mean, Noboru Sakamoto kind of has a, he kind of has a, a Duoma-ish face. And Koyama Minako, the descendant of Katsukaishu, kind of has that sharp nose and that kind of mm. angular face. But it could yeah. be just total random happenstance. Yeah. So, I mean, it was definitely interesting in that respect. And though I don't intend on doing any extensive research into the Sakamoto lineage, anytime soon. If I were to, you know, at the very least just like write up a wiki article or just like do a little bit more research on it, it was 
for me, the kind of guy who's really into names and dates and things, mm. I thought it was it was neat to know that Sakamoto Noboru's father, who's the eighth generation descendant, uh, Naoyuki, became a painter and um, before that ran, ran a ranch in Hokkaido. Oh, right, right, right. The seventh <coughs> generation guy was was named uh, Yataro, and apparently the fifth generation head of the family was Naohiro. So, although I do kind of wonder. It seems strange to me. Like it hasn't been that long. It's been better. See, you know, I was thinking the same thing. Nine generations and only a hundred and forty years. Forty years is is that's quite a lot. And, and this is like kids having kids. I mean, yeah, I don't understand because, especially because you have uh, Minako Koyama is the uh, fifth generation descendant of Katsukaishu, and that's that's understandable. Five generations. Five, five generations is quite quite understandable. Nine seems a lot, but I, I suppose up until maybe World War Two, they were you know they're having kids at eighteen, maybe. Yeah, I guess when you think about it that every, way. If you look at it every twenty years, that's uh, at least seven generations at a minimum. I guess so. It just, it, it just seemed it seems like a lot to me too. In fact, I, I was so. thinking that while I was yeah, you know uh, looking at my it. My grandmother was born in nineteen twenty three, so that would make me the third generation of of her, right? So that would be, you know. So you go back just a little bit further. That's true. My you get my, to like fifth or sixth generation, right? Yeah, that's true because my I guess he's like my great 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 grandfather was born in like the eighteen forties and great 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 grandfather would be six generations. But I suppose the Japanese were uh, having a lot of kids early and often. I guess. I mean, I, I don't know, it's not necessarily a point we need to belabor, but I just thought it was odd. Yeah, if any, any listeners have any insight, feel free, because it, I'm at a loss. I don't know, do you want to just touch on the music again, I guess? Or? The music was really cool. I, was, I thought it was really neat to have these guys. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was really neat to, to have these guys who, are, who did the theme or a theme or whatever. For the Ryomaden kind drama. Yeah, for Ryomaden. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, they were really good. They were. Uh, they were like guitar virtuosos. It was. It was pretty. Uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought. And yeah. you know, I mean, in terms of like, you know, I've, I've now learned about a new like regional, you know, non-Tokyo Japanese band that I'm. Apparently, they're making their. Uh, they're making their debut in the U.S. Uh, what this year, next year, something next like that. Next year. Which I don't know what debut means. If they're just going to be touring, or if they're going to be releasing an album, or what? I'm not really sure I'm what not that sure. means. But uh, then there was uh, Naoki Nishimura, who we mentioned, the guy playing the synthesizer, which was odd. Apparently, he played for the Vatican. He played for Pope John Paul II. Yeah. Good for him, I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> Did they say he was the first Japanese artist to do that, or they said he was the first something? You know, I, yeah, I think they did. I, I wasn't paying too much attention. I was just too busy being weirded out by, <laughs> by the synthesizer. <laughs> and, uh, you know, one of those, uh, the uh, Ajisai song that uh, Ichimijin played sounded like a song from Wild Arms, the, the PlayStation game. Oh, yeah. It just did. It was, oh, I feel like I've heard it before. So I guess, uh, I don't know, I guess that sums up the, our experience at this... Uh, why Dioma now symposium that we went to sort of uh, yeah. didn't didn't match expectations, but it was interesting nonetheless. But it was uh, I, I guess I should have expected more. Uh, I, I should have expected what it was rather than expect it would be a more a uh, historical thing. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but even if it's not going to be a really historical event, 
I thought there would have been more. And I don't mean to sound like I'm like disappointed, but I mean it, it would have been interesting to see an event that more directly addressed, like, you know, why did NHK do Real Madden as opposed to any any other subject? See, that's that's, that's kind of what I thought it would be. And why did people like it so much? And like that. Yeah. Because it it, it just. Um, I mean, because I actually would be curious on what people genuinely think and what people genuinely like about Ryoma. But this kind of cartoonish idea of him as being just an eminently purely good person who, <laughs> you know, loved peace and loved America and fought for justice and just had absolutely nothing wrong with him. He was, he was like a, a Japanese superhero. Yeah, like a superhero... <laughs> But like even beyond, like, like it's almost as if he doesn't even have his own story. Yeah. Like he just has like, there's, a, there's actually a specific word for this, and I'm blanking on what it is. Hagiography. Thank you. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just it seems like he's like a, a two-dimensional stand card cardboard stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess uh, I, I I guess this should sort of make me want to look more into Doma, but it didn't. Uh. Yeah. I think that most, I mean, the vague impression I get from my friends and stuff, I think most people who are really interested in Ryoma, people who really liked it, are really interested in that period in time, and they're interested in sort of the the drama and just like the excitement of sword battles. Yeah, well, there was a lot of drama and excitement and it, craziness and civil yeah. war. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to sell, uh, sell the listeners short, and so I'll apologize for not knowing a lot about Doma, but... You know, at the same time, we're just presenting what we saw at the conference. Right. They really didn't go into his history, so... But I'm just saying, I think that there's definitely a lot to be interested in. I think Ryoma's a really cool character. He's really interesting. Um, he fought with a with a Smith & Wesson revolver, <laughs> um, you know, and he managed to escape the Shinsengumi on at least one major occasion. And, you know, I mean, just all this, like, you know, being ambushed in a, you know, in, in Fushimi, And having his, his and, naked girlfriend run out of a bathtub and run in the room and say, there's people here after you and crazy right, stuff like and that. and escaping down the back stair. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all really exciting, but that's a completely different... But if you really like that character, that's a completely different character from this guy who just represents justice and... Peace, justice, and the American way, except not. And the, <laughs> and the we love American way. Yeah, something like that. Um... Yeah, but another another point that was interesting, and I, I guess you know, again, but I did think it was interesting that he apparently had such a strong connection with Katsukaishu and Manjiro. Yeah, it was I'm an always interested in, in just connections between characters. It's you know, it would have been so easy for all of these people who lived at the same time to have never met each other. Yeah, they they made it sound like, uh, and it's probably the case where he 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 his intent was to kill Katsukaishu, but instead Katsukaishu basically. I don't know, grew on him or convinced him uh, that yeah. he, was, he had the right of way or something. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely a really exciting character, but... Um, yeah, not not much to say on, on him as a historical figure because I really am not read up on him. So, uh, basically, uh, all I'm really able to go on is uh, this uh, this uh, Why Do I Now Symposium. Yeah, but and I think it's uh, awesome that it existed. I think it's awesome that these events happened in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. And we have things to go to. So, next time, maybe... Maybe I'll have less less expectation to go into it with more open mind, and won't be disappointed as much. Yeah, or 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 maybe uh, the our expectations will match up with what they're actually presenting. That would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be nice. But uh, I guess I shouldn't have expected a historical uh, analysis. But oh, well. uh, either way, I'm glad I went. I, I did. I got some free calligraphy out of it. Yeah. Uh, and I was able to kind of kill a night. 
Yeah. And I got to be on, on Kochi TV. That's right. You'll be making your debut on uh, Kochi Sun Sun TV or something like that. Yeah, Sun Sun. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. So if anybody who's listening is in Tosa, <laughs> um, you know, Travis will be on TV. At some point. I, I don't know when. Yeah, or depending on when you listen to this, it may have already happened. It also the, the same event also uh, took place. The same panelist then also spoke at uh, Japan Society in Manhattan on um, October 14th, Friday. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, someone they, someone asked them what the significance of Hawaii and New York was, and they, they, they came up with an odd, what was it, I guess, uh, Manjiro came to Hawaii 150 years ago, and Which Ryoma, is a great connection. That's actually that. That's cool. That well, you know, sense. the other one was that Ryoma wanted to meet the president, so they decided to go to New York. I, I so they can fulfill Ryoma's dream. Oh, I, I suppose. Of I meeting, guess. Yeah. <laughs> of meeting Obama. I, I don't know. I guess. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was interesting. It was uh, I don't have a lot to say about it. It was it was okay. <laughs> okay. And I guess we'll uh, we'll call that a a wrap and. Uh, Otherwise, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to reach us at Samurai Archives or Samurai Podcast at gmail.com. And also be sure to uh, look at the links that I'll put up with the blog. Uh, of course, we have the Amazon Samurai Archives bookstore. So any books that you may be looking to get, uh, get them through us. Help me fund this podcast. And also take a look at the uh, Samurai Archives Cafe Press t-shirt shop. We have a new arrangement with a graphic designer all sorts of uh, Japanese history related n really nice high quality prints that are available so if you do want to support the podcast and get away with a really cool shirt feel free to go over there and pick one out okay so that's it for this episode and uh, we'll okay we'll be going out with some uh, this is uh, the live music uh, Ichimujin playing the Bioma theme and so see you next time bye later later